Hey, you're listening to the Prime Culture Podcast. This Prime Culture is for the dreamers, the schemers, and the believers. We're here to introduce a whole new generation to the abundant life. We're here for the prime of our lives. We want a community of young adults that aren't afraid to, to have up. confrontation and honest conversations in the best context, Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Again, we're not trying to pick fights. We're not trying to go be antagonist, but my goodness, we should be a people who, who the right thing is the right thing, right? Like, like if no one else in the room is going to call out an elephant, mm, yeah, we, yeah. I'm going to call out the elephant in the room, right? Mm-hmm. I can't just sit by and watch an injustice or a really awkward thing or someone that I'm connected to, whether it's a study group, I'm in a class, it's a coworker. Yeah, yeah. And there, there's something that's happening in their, in their dynamic and I'm just going to sit back and take it. Then why am I the light of the world? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, why am I the salt of the earth? Like, why am I there, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think the big picture or the, the context of this conversation is for us to really bring up not cringe moments like, you know, that are just super awkward. Yeah. But I think maybe some of, those, some of those contexts that maybe you guys have experienced in your own lives, whether it's dating, whether it's friendships, um, whether it's uh, professional or platonic social friendship relationships, that it's like, hey, why do we do this and not talk about this? Mm, that's good. Right? Or why did, or like, oh, hey, I talked about this. And like my friends ditched me because I called them on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, I really want us to lean into that um, because again, we're, we're raising up a whole generation of good people, right? And if we're leaning into the definition of what good is, it's suitable, usable, and pleasing, right? And I want, I want all of our young adults to really walk with that edge of, man, if someone's going to stand for the right thing, if someone's going to walk with character, if someone's going to say, you know what, I'm going to be a voice to the voiceless. I'm going to be someone who protects the underprivileged. I'm going to be someone who, who, again, I'm not trying to give you, say that we have to have like a superhero complex, but at the end of the day, like I want to be a change agent. I want to be a catalyst for good um, to say, man, I'm suitable. God can use me. Right. Right. And sometimes God can use me in a way, not so like super spiritual where like I'm laying hands on people and and, and praying for the sick. Sometimes it's just like, Hey, that's not a cool conversation. Common sense. I don't like how you're like, mm-hmm. I don't, that's like, how y'all are talking to each other. That's not good. Do, does that make sense? What do you guys think? I think all of that is right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I agree. You- I think a lot of times, even common sense or bringing out the obvious might not be obvious to everybody mm. because a lot of people normalize bad behavior, normalize, oh, um, maybe being disrespected. Um, I was at the store the other day and this like you could tell they were married but he was like on the other side of the store he's like he cussed at her he's like hey bub and i was like it was a girl it was a a man talking to a lady and i legit was like he's talking to her that way and she responded (gasps) oh i'm over here blah 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 i was like i like stood there in shock because i'm like how he's calling her out of her name you can tell they're together she's responding this is normal this is normal behavior for them And they just kept going, no big deal, nothing. Well, I was still standing there in shock. Like, how, how is that okay? Right. Right. No, look, like, if, <laughs> if, if, and if we just unpack, and look, I, 
I'll, I just want to talk to that. And then I just want to really introduce our, our crew that's here with us. We started off super ridiculous, which I love, right? Um, but I think this is going to be a really life-giving conversation. If you think about it, that, that is just a, a sequence of good people doing nothing. Good people doing nothing, right? Because that's modeled behavior, mm -hmm. right? You're conditioned to that behavior. Mm -hmm. You don't just wake up one day and you call someone out of their name with an expletive that is like, we wouldn't say that, right? The reason you have a standard to say what why is that? Because someone taught you good, yeah. right? Someone taught you a higher order. Someone taught you a higher way of thinking. There's, it's unfortunate that there's, for probably three generations now, the, the, the moral fiber and the family dynamic in our country has fallen apart. Now, I'm not yeah. going to go and pontif pontificate on that. However, like all of that is, all of that is taught in the context of community and relationships, yeah. right? And you and I have been walking and together serving generation young generation ministry for almost 20 years together now and you can see diana how like that falls apart right there isn't the teaching at home yeah or that's right. taught at home mm -hmm. or completely expressed at home yeah and somewhere along the line no one taught that man yo we don't talk like this to women yeah. Period. So what is that inside of him? That's a six-year-old little boy who watched it happen all the time yeah, yeah. and then when he became a man that's what he exemplified and that's what he's embodying, right? I was like, oh, she's going to square up. Like, there's no way. No, she answered. I was like, what? Yeah. Right. No, Maybe but so it's so sad, though. I mean, and it, like, they just kept having a conversation and shopping. And I was like, whoa, nobody I don't, I don't got understand. knocked out. I don't understand. <laughs> you know, you guys, and the reason we have you here is because we wanted to add your your faces and your voices, which is you guys look like the generation we're serving, yes. right? You are the generation we're serving. We really wanted to give it a, a more intentional approach and more than us talking ab about it at the culture, we wanted to talk with the culture about these dynamics specifically. Does that make sense? Um, and so for, uh, for us, our goal in having a series of conversations like this is to essentially become like the surrogate you know what I mean? Like if there's some young adults out there who are like, because look, I'll tell you, Diana, Diana is a saint. And you guys hear us talk about this all the time, right? Like when, 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 when the Lord brought our lives together, I was a complete brute. I still kind of am, but I'm a little more elevated, right? But like yeah. I was just a, I was just a barbarian. I was a caveman. And there was a lot, there were a lot of things that I was conditioned in behavior that was normal to me, you know, like blow up the house with words, like yell at her, cuss at her, and then come back and be like, man, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. Mm -hmm. That was normal for me. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, like, and I, I couldn't believe that she would stay hurt after I said, sorry, I didn't mean it. Does that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I was like, okay, cool. Let's go. Uh, come on, come on. Let's, let's go get nachos. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Um, and it wasn't until like we did that, PTSD until we here. did, <laughs> oh, well, the Lord has redeemed us, right? Like now he's all right, right? Right, right, right. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. You still love me. Um, <laughs> no, but I think it was through a series of confrontations and challenges yeah. and knowing in me, right. And she'll tell you how much I struggled when I was like 25, 26, 27, knowing that it was wrong. But not, I knew I wasn't, I couldn't be this anymore, but I didn't know what I was supposed to be. Does that make sense? Um, and I think, I, I think by and large, that's the generation we're serving. Yeah. I think by and large, no one wakes up one day and says, I want to be a complete jerk, 
right? It's just something we were conditioned to do, right? They're, they're instincts that were honed in us. And if, if, I think if, if we're looking at everything very objectively, I think most young adults that we deal with aren't necessarily just flat out uh, sociopaths, right? I think yeah. they say, man, like, I'm like, I don't know why I do this. Like how many yeah. times do you have guys have conversations with friends or even yourselves, right? Like we're just like, yes. why am I like this? Like, why do I do this? Like, why? Like, why? Like, toxic traits, right? Yeah. Like, why am I like this? And I think that right there is proof positive that there's room to grow yeah. and there's room to mature and there's room to evolve, right? And so I'm just hoping that um, these kinds of conversations start to expand that room and fill that room with some direction and on hope. how to evolve, Amen. right? So let's, let's just, do you want to add anything to this? No, everything's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's 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 add let's add to this. So, Lupe, you have something to say. And when you talk, when you guys when you guys speak, just introduce yourselves because a lot of people um, are meeting you for the very first time. Yeah. Okay, or maybe, or maybe just introduce yourself right now, real quick. Okay, yeah. My name is Lupe Lupe Infante, and then I'm Bella Bella Infante, and y'all are married. Infantes, incredible. And we have Sarah. My name is Sarah, Sarah Ponce, single. SP? That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. I was going to hook you up. Sarah Ponce is our, she's on staff with the, she's on team. She's, she makes us all look like we're so much smarter than we really are. Yes, thank you, Sarah. Um, Inquiries, email me at. <laughs> for real, for we real. We have a background check. You need a password. Yes. Prime at abundant.org. Sarah is very much single and ready to be a wife to the right yes. one. Come to on. the right one. To the right one. Yes. <laughs> uh, my name is uh, Lauren Maluhi. Lauren Maluhi, you're amazing. Leads one of our circles on the west side of El Paso. Also single okay. and beautiful. Yes. Do we need to? Do, do we care that we said that you're single? No, I don't care. Let's go. <laughs> Let them know. Let's go. Uh, my name is Brianna Barredo. Also single. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Edgar's like you better not. <laughs> Um, I'm Lexi, government name Alexis. Come on, Come on now. Um, government Lexi name. Lexi Cavada, as of a month ago. So I am not <laughs> single. I'm not to single this guy anymore. <laughs> Hi, my full government name is Edgar Ivan Diaz Barria Cavada. Whoa. <laughs> the only real Mexican in the circle. For real. For real. Edgar Ivan Diaz Barriga Cabada. Wow. That's Señor. A, that's a name name, and then bro. And my beautiful wife. <laughs> Jeez. That's a name. <laughs> uh, my name is Alan, Alan Corral, and my relational status, relationship <laughs> status is taken. Engage, engage, engage. That's next level. You're a fiance. Engage, engage. So you're a you're a I'm fiance. Proud to of Vivian Massa. My, my better half isn't here with Come us. Come on, so. yes, sir. He's all I love sad. it. Okay, well, now that we know you guys, Lupe, you had something you wanted to chime in. I love this. Let's go. So you were talking earlier about why maybe things happen is because they're taught. And I heard this story uh, of Nick Saban, football coach of the Alabama team, yeah. super awesome. And he, what happened is one of the players, one of the uh, receivers was going for a route, he made a missed route and he got mad at the receiver and then he got mad at the coach. And the coach was like, why are you getting mad at me? And he said, because either you taught it or you allowed it. Come on. And, I, and I think part of the conversation that also has to be had is that there's two ends of yeah. that. It's either that it was either taught or it was allowed. Absolutely. And, and so I just wanted to add to that to basically open up the conversation on that as well. 
Well, you know, to the end of brilliant. to the end of it being taught and or allowed, right? I think there's two there's two spectrums on whose responsibility mm-hmm. it is to do what, right? Like we don't live with you every day, so whatever you allow in your own life or in your spheres of influence, wherever you have some so, sort of scope of saying something, like look to you. Like why, why am I allowing this? Yeah. You know, a big question that I was asked, a big mentoring question that was asked of me when I was, when I was younger and developing um, was, Cruz, you have to ask yourself why people are comfortable behaving that way around you. Mm-hmm. Like you have, to, you have to ask yourself that. You have to ask yourself what, what's in it, what's in you or what's in some of your, some of your decision-making, relationship decision-making, et cetera, that either draws that or allows it and condones it right? Um, our responsibility is to teach better, yeah. right? To teach you guys. And I love, I love that you brought this up. One of the things that Diana and I lean into heavy when it comes to how we're framing the direction and the trajectory for our young adults community is this. The apostle Paul told his young protege, Timothy, right? He told Timothy, now at this point, Timothy wasn't a kid anymore. Timothy came into Paul's life when he was a teenager. He was, he was a product of a single parent home, right? So Paul becomes like a dad to him, right? Now, Timothy is, is almost in, in like full grown man status and now leads a church. He was the, the pastor of the church in Ephesus, right? So when you read the book of Ephesians, Timothy is the pastor of the Ephesian church, right? So Paul tells Timothy, hey, tell the women, the older women in your church to lean into, to teach the younger women how to be wives and tell the older men in your, in your community to teach the younger men how to be husbands, mm-hmm. right? And so one of the things that we and I, Diana and I, um, have as a, like a key performance indicator is number one, are there husbands and wives coming out of prime culture, right? And that's a big, you know, like, so like when we're, when we're challenging, like, hey, if you're cohabitating, what are you doing? Hey, are you looking for a husband? Are you looking for a wife? Yeah. Here's what you should be looking for. Why? Because to us, that's a healthy product of, of a young adults community where you're yeah. learning to be grown, grown. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we're, we're teaching you down the path of like how to adult, right? Um, and, and not just husband and wife and being married, but husband and wife and character. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I have a cool story this weekend. I was, well, I guess last culture night, I baptized this young guy, um, but he was having such a conflict of getting baptized because his mother was actually didn't want him to get baptized because they were cohabitating and she's like you're insane you can't get baptized Mm. and he was feeling so torn about it so I was able to you know talk to him pray with him I'm like look do things God's way God's gonna bless you so I was able to baptize him three weeks later he asked his girlfriend to be his wife and I got to marry them this past weekend so let's go so what I mean once we teach you know people realize oh man there's a blessing to do things God's way like that's our, like you said, our performance indicator here. Right. And let, let me just shout this one out, right? I think it's funny that someone with a, okay, I don't know who, who his mom is, but I don't know that she'll ever hear this, but hermana, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, anyway, but like, I mean, think about that statement. You can't get right with God because you're not right with God. Right. What? Yeah. And you know I, what I mean? Like, I, no, you can't go get baptized because yeah. you're not right with God. I felt so bad. He was like literally sobbing because he wanted his family to be there for the baptism Mm. and they wouldn't come because he wasn't right because he was still, you know, living in sin. And he's like, I don't understand. But, you know, God is faithful. God redeemed that. And I was just happy to be part of it. You know, I don't know that there's a particular order that you're supposed to do things. As long as you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and you submit and obey to get your life in order. That's a good right? point, Cruz, because a lot of the times, like not all of our lives go perfectly. 
So sometimes we do things out of order, right. and that doesn't mean that God still isn't in our chaos. He's so faithful to us. Yeah, you know I love that, and I love that's a, that's a great perspective, Lupe. And I think I think the um, the openness that you guys have, right? This is one of the reasons why I love sitting with young adults and leading young adults is that y'all are so hungry yes. to understand. You're so hungry to grow. You're so hungry to evolve. So one of the things that we asked that I asked you guys to do is like, hey, bring up some of the tensions that, that I, I want to talk about it. I don't know that we have the answers, yeah. but I think we have the answers or we have, we could have a perspective. Um, and so there's no particular order that we're trying to take this. So anyone want to go first? Bella. Let's go. <laughs> the lasers get it, get it tight. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, I think one thing that I'm noticing a lot in our generation is the concept of my truth. Mm. And I think that causes a lot of, I think that causes a lot of interpersonal, interrelational conflict because I might have a different perspective. Diana might have a different perspective and I'm not right now. Our generation is not willing to like understand there's a lack of understanding um, and I kind of wanted to open up that conversation. It's a lengthy one, but I think it's important because I see it so much. Yeah. Like, they're identifying with something that nobody even told them is true, but it's their truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's causing a lot of conflict within their friendships and in the relationship. Right. That, that's, Get that. <laughs> that's Cruz's. Go for it. He, he has a whole I'm, I'm literally, book. I'm literally he has a whole book on I'm this. literally writing a book on that right now. Yeah. Say less. Yeah. I'm literally writing a book on that right now. Um, date. So you're gonna have to buy the book. No, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Shameless. Yeah, you're, gonna, you're gonna have to buy the it's book. Shameless. Well, plug. no, I, you know, before before I chime in, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about that. Well, I mean, point blank, the only truth that we live by is the word of God. Yeah. Mm. So if your truth is your truth, there's no truth at all because there's one truth, and that's the Bible. And, and if you're a child of God, if you're not a child of God, if you're not a believer, then I understand you don't have, you know, that path. But if you're a believer and you're still making excuses, well, this is what I believe. It doesn't matter what you believe. That's not what the Bible says. So that is our truth and that is our path. Right. I think, Bella, you said, no, I think you said something really cool. Um, so the audience doesn't, that doesn't have a, a context of this, but we're shooting on a Sunday after church which thank you guys for leaning with us for a little bit after church. Um, but we just had Culture HQ where about 100 plus of our servant leaders came together and we just developed. And Andrew Fung and Lupin Bella got a chance to, to share a little bit. You said something about becoming and you said, when I gave my life to Jesus, I assumed a whole array of convictions and standards. Right. I took them on. Right. The moment I made Jesus the Lord of my life. Now, I think there's two different ways to look at this. If, am I speaking to non-believers? Right. Or am I speaking to someone who's a believer in Christ, who says Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord? Right. Okay? Now, in the context of our conversation in our community, we're talking to disciples, right, right? who have said Jesus Christ is Lord. Not Jesus Christ is my therapist. Not Jesus Christ is a good friend. Not Jesus Christ is a consultant for my life who gives me really good advice and motivates me when I don't feel good. And Jesus Christ becomes like, I'm not trying to be obnoxious. Okay. Forgive me. But like a lot of times we treat him like he's the tooth fairy, right? right? We treat him like he's like Santa Claus, right? When it's like, no, he's Lord. That thought of him being a Lord is he's a sovereign He's a monarch. He's a king. He's ruler. No, he's the ruler. No one voted him in. Yeah, no he one wears can the crown. Um, and you know, I haven't had a chance to explain it this way in a while. But 
a couple of years ago, uh, Chloe got baptized on a fourth of July and she had, she had, she had just turned eight, I think. And, um, for years she had been like crying, dad, I want to get baptized. Every time we do a baptism, I want to get baptized, I want to get baptized. And I'm like, well, explain to me why you need baptism. Yeah. She had to go through the class right? and she couldn't, she didn't, she didn't have an understanding of what baptism meant. And, and you know, Diana would be like, dude, just let her get baptized. And I was like, no, because all it is, is her going swimming. Like that's all it is. If there's no context and if there's no understanding, if there's no conviction, then baptism means nothing. You just got wet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but there was a moment where she understood yeah. and she said, dad, I realize." and she explained it to me. She said, I'm a sinner. I don't, I don't, I don't live my life the way that Jesus wants me to. And I need someone to save me. And Jesus saved me when I put my faith in him. And now he's the boss of my life. When she said, he's the boss of my life, I said, you're ready to be baptized. Yeah. Because you understand the full picture, mm-hmm. right? We love it when he saves us. Mm. We love him as a superhero. superhero. Love him as a superhero. Come in and save the day. And I love my own truth until it's not enough anymore. Mm-hmm. Until I need someone else's truth to come and save me. Yeah. Until I need something else, right? And it's all fun and games until that truth hits this, this ceiling where it's just not enough anymore, right? But when she said the, made the statement, he's the boss of my life, I said, you get it, right? So my question then, or my, my, my push to that, Bella, is who's the boss of your life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Who am I submitted to, right? Um, when, when I explained salvation to Chloe, I said, look, we all were kings of our lives. We all were the Lord of our life. We all wore the crown in our life. When we met Jesus, we were given the perspective that, okay, I've done a decent job maybe running my life, but it'll, it's not enough for me to have the full life, right? To have the God life. Yeah. Only Jesus can do that. Um, and so I told Chloe, I said, look, when you say Jesus is Lord of my life, what you're doing is you're literally, or you're proverbially, right? Standing up off of the throne of your life and saying, you sit here now. Mm-hmm. And then when he sits on the throne of your life, you bow before him, you take the crown off your head, you put it at his feet and you say, you wear the crown right. in my life now, right. right? What happens is a lot of times, Bella, we think or we say he's Lord, but we really sit still on the throne of our lives and he just stands next to us as an advisor. Mm-hmm. And we say, hey, that's really good advice. Thank you, I'll consider it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's, I think that's the pursuit or that's the challenge in all of this. That mm-hmm. Am I willing to relinquish control? Mm-hmm. And am I, really, am I really willing to be humble enough to say that I'm not capable to draft my own truth. Yeah. I haven't lived long. I've, I've, like, so I'm, I'm looking at you guys. I'm, I'm assuming median age is 24-ish, right? For the, for the group here, yeah. 25-ish, right? Like, n- respectfully. But y'all haven't, been, haven't lived long enough to, have your own truth. to develop a truth, to, to really yeah. say, you know, I believe that this is a credible truth. Right, right, right. You know? Um, and so... Bishop T.D. Jake said this. I quote this all the time. Okay, Bishop T.D. Jake said this. He said, it's a slippery slope when the, tr- the book of truth that we quote the most is the one that we wrote. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so there's got to be this thing of I got to relinquish control and submit to a bigger truth, a broader truth, um, 
and realize that it doesn't begin or end with me. Amen. And I think that's the scary part mm-hmm. for young adults. We like control. Yeah. Sure. I like a sense of control, right? Like Jesus's truth is risky. Yes. It's scary. Surrender is scary. Right, right. Right? But in it, there's also a safety, right? Where I don't have to, I don't have to draft a whole new thing. He's already given me the roadmap. You know what I mean? So anyways, I don't want to ramble about it. Um, but I think, I think truth begins with humility of saying, I know, but I don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, that's a big, it's a big deal. Um, okay. Can I say more about it? Yeah, of okay. course. Um, I wanted to add real quick, cause I, I mentioned, um, you mentioned what I said in HQ and I think what's also important too, is to understand that a lot of times us as young adults, we say that Lord is our savior. We take on the standards, but we don't let go of the other ones that don't align. Mm. And that, and that we, so we're saying yes to God's standards, but still not saying no to the other ones. That's good. And that's huge because yeah. we can't, at that point, that's why there's so many conflicting beliefs yep. because we're trying to live our life here, but we yeah. haven't fully said no to the life that we had before. Yeah. And so we can't, our identities are just all over the place. Yeah. It's like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. So I think that's huge what you said. Cause I was like, Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's this thought. Um, so if you, if, if you ever get a chance read the book of first, Thess- first and second Thessalonians. Okay. And Paul's writing to the church in Thessalonica is centered on one thing alone. And he's combating this, this phenomena of syncretism. Right, and so all syncretism is is a pluralistic approach to life. Where if you know if you see Thessalonica geographically, it's a it's a it's a convergence city where a lot of different cultures, a lot of different perspectives, points of view were converging. And what people were doing was they were creating frameworks of okay, that sounds good, and that sounds good, and this sounds good, and my family expects this from me, and my government yeah. expects this from me. And when he writes to, especially in First Thessalonians, there's three things that he's combating. The idol of government, the idol of family, and the idol of friends. Mm-hmm. And typically, that drives our worldviews, yeah. right? So this is good news, you guys, yeah. because this is not something that is... is um, uh, New, right? It's not contemporary just to your generation. Humans have a tendency to do this, right? We like to think that we know everything, <laughs> right? Okay, and so what Paul, what Paul is, 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 is really setting for young Christians, because he's writing to young Christians in, in Thessalonica. He's saying, look, I understand that you grew up in a system where Caesar is God, right? You grew up, you grew up in, in, a, in a culture where you worship the government. Yeah. And I also know that you grew up in a family that worships a specific set of gods. And I also realize that if you refuse Caesar is God and the set of gods that your family worships, that you lose your social connections. So now your social connections and those relationships have become an idol. Like, this is not just us, you guys. It's been this way from from inception. And so this is where we get one of our key verses for prime culture, okay? When we first started prime, we would talk about this all the time. Maybe we need to start chirping about it some more. We would say, man, we, what we want to do is bring a wholeness to all the compartments of your life, mm-hmm. right? Because we live in all these different versions of who we are, yeah. right? And with, it's exactly what you said. We have this, yeah. these, this, this fragmented identity. Right. And you know, in, in where, we, where we get cognitive dissonance, yeah. right? Which is something that I've been, 
playing with um, where it's like, I believe one thing, but I do another. Correct. That's, that is the example of cognitive dissonance is because I don't know who I am. Yeah. And I don't know whose I am. Or I'm not fully convinced. Or I've been presented a message and I'm, re- I'm, I'm covertly refusing it. Right? That's cognitive dissonance where it's like, man, Jesus is so good. Is he really though? Because why aren't you submitting to that part of him? Right. Yeah, that's good. You know? Um, so anyways, so Paul writes it this way. And this is the prayer that we have, right? This is where we pray all the time. It's 1 Thessalonians 5.24. And in the message version, it just says, and we pray that may the God who makes all things holy and whole make you holy and whole. Yeah. That's our prayer for y'all and for your generation that you realize the holiness and the beauty of, of, of who you are in Christ, the holiness of who you are becoming because of his ongoing work of sanctification in your life, the holiness of who you already are in him because of his finished work, you are holy. And that that begins to dread that perspective of holiness, that truth of I belong to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? My identity stems from his finished work begins to defragment your life, begins to really bring this simplicity to the complexity of like, who am I? What am I becoming? What am I going to do? You know? And I think that also goes in steps because now you might have to disassociate and have the awkward conversations that as a young adult, most young adults don't have the emotional intelligence or the capacity to have those conversations with family, with friends, with yourself. So that presents a whole different aspect of who you are. You literally have to sit down and spend time to figure out who you are to actually get into the wholeness. Yeah. And this is really good. I don't think we've ever taught it this way. When you and I talk, we always talk about idols, right? Um, And, you know, we won't unpack anymore. All that means is we need to have more conversations like this more often, right? Um, But, I mean, I I really do think that, that Paul was really onto something, that there will be three major idols in the life uh, that try to be set up in the life of every believer. The idol of culture, right? Or the government, but the idol of culture, the idol of family, and the idol of, of wanting to be accepted and belonging, right? And I love what you said, right? That's, that's um, oh man, I forgot where, where it is. But Jesus says, you think I brought, I came to just bring peace? Nope. Yeah. I came to bring a sword. <laughs> oh shoot. Between believers and unbelievers. Yeah. Right? That's a big deal. And, and you share something very interesting, which you said, like the, the tension of the whole subject is like, there's a lot of conflict in the relationships. And what I would venture to say is that um, the struggle for every believer is actually having the conflict for the truth's sake. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, I feel like the difficult thing for me as a young adult is actually saying, okay, that's your truth. Well, I don't believe in that truth. Therefore, I don't see right. us moving forward in that direction. And I feel like that's actually the conflict that we, we actually don't stand firm. Right. on the actual truth right. and we kind of decide Waver. it's like the same thing as like not telling somebody like hey you have something on your tooth or like whatever in your teeth right. yeah like you see it but you just don't say it you're like yeah. oh, I'm just gonna you know go maybe back somebody to, else will tell them yeah and sometimes <laughs> like <laughs> sometimes like you tell the person they, they just no oh I don't have anything it's fine I mean at some point then you just have to yeah. disassociate which I think we as believers have a really difficult time t- talking about disassociation yeah. or like removing people from your circle because we're all inclu- we want to be inclusive. Yeah. Which Jesus is inclusive, but then he always tell- tells the truth in love. And I think sometimes I-, I feel like that's the actual conflict with my truth and your truth is like, okay, cool. Well, 
what's gonna happen though we're gonna, yeah we're just gonna pretend like this didn't happen yeah. and yeah, it's gonna yeah, be friends yeah. forever but that, that but, this, this, but this is this is a major conflict that we have to address though mm-hmm. right because the decay of every major or prominent civilization in human history began with moral relativity yeah like it went the when, when the empire or the or the civilization began there was absolutes yeah but then as you grow in intelligence and as you grow in development, as you grow, you start thinking, you have your own thoughts, blah, 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 which is, I'm, I'm not against that, right? Um, but then now you start getting all these other brands and versions. Um, I'll share two thoughts. Number one, um, I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine who's in the medical field. And we were just talking about this right here, moral relativity and the relativity of truth. And it's like, where do you stop? Where does it end? Because like right now, there is no end to this. This is a snake eating its own tail this whole th- relativity of truth, right? Because as much as, as much as we say, well, I just want to respect their truth. Great. But what if my truth is I'm attracted to minors? Yeah. So now, oh, right, right, right. Like, see, you, we all have that cringe. We all have that cringe. But, but as much as it's like, oh, but everyone's living their truth. Great. But that's their truth. What are you going to do with that? Right. And look, but here's, but here's the, here's how far we've decayed that now there's a, um, there's actually an IC, ICD-9, coding that's medical billing right coding that that codes that as a disorder or but it's just it's yeah yeah it's like it, you can actually like it's 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 the, the beginning of the accepting of it mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're there why because no one's willing to say no dude no Evil. no right um anyways that's all i was going to talk about how how uh the socratic point of view um he he goes. He Socrates loses credibility towards the end of his of of his life because he starts pushing against the pluralistic uh, the, the 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 pluralistic theological view of the Greek Empire and, and Greek civilization. And in his in his later writings, he starts talking about the God. Mm. And something something changed in him. Something got to him, and he became monotheistic. Mm-hmm. And he said, "No, this is the real truth." And they started disqualifying him and all of that. That's a whole other conversation for another day. Um, but I, I just think I just think there's got to be absolute truth, right? Now, it, absolute truth does not mean a proprietary view um, when it comes to expression of faith, right? Because I understand that. I understand that some people are like, well, but I'm not a Christian. Okay, but I do believe that there's absolute truth. Why? The scripture says that eternity has been written on the hearts of men. Right, and so there are things that we we all agree, regardless of the framework of our faith and our worldview. We say, man, like hurting kids—that's evil. Right. We yeah. all agree. Yeah, there's a moral standard. Like yeah. we all will be like, nah, that's evil. No, nah, that's evil. Anyways, I don't want to go down that slippery slope. But yes. does that make sense? That's a great question, yeah. Bella. Great question. Um, Lauren's got the mic. Yes. I love when Lauren asks I questions. Qu- I have another question. That was a great question, Bella. Um, mine, I don't know if it's so much stems from like tension in relationships, um, but I'm sure all of us can agree, agree that relationships um, naturally have tension. Um, so I guess as a single woman, um, what I think of when I'm looking for or when I'm dating is um, you hear a lot of times people say, okay, when you're looking for um, a spouse or a significant other, he needs to have a good job. He needs to be able to do this. Um, So there's a lot of confusion with that. Mm. So as all of you guys who are married, um, what would you say are the three characteristics um, or traits you should look for um, in a significant other? if you want God at the center of your relationship and what are three traits that we can have um, in order to be the ideal spouse for our future significant other. Wow, that's a great question. Lauren came in slow. Lauren came, came ready. Yeah. Thank you. Ready. 
already. I like this. I don't know if I have three, but I can start with one and then we can go from there. Yeah. Um, I think like when Cruz and I, we started dating at like 17, 18, right? So at that point, obviously he doesn't have like a full-time job. He doesn't have his degree. Boy done. has no money. Yeah. <laughs> and Whole so, lot of riz though. And so. <laughs> Whole lot of riz though. <laughs> So I mean, true. Management. So that's what that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> you could be at a point in your life where like your somebody you're attracted to isn't there yet. Mm. So like you don't just dismiss them because there was just some people are like, well, he's not doing this, he's not doing that. You shouldn't be with him because he doesn't have his life together. And they could have been right, but I also saw his patterns. Talk about it. Talk about it. So that would be number Talk one for patterns. me. Like, what are your patterns Tell in the other saw. person that you're looking for or that you're seeing? Is this person you're dating or with, like, are they a man of their word? Mm. Like, if they tell you, hey, I'm mm. going to, you know what, right now I'm in school. I can, this is all I can do, part-time job and take you to Whataburger. But they're fulfilling everything they're telling you. Like, their patterns are That's on word, point. Babe then in 10 years, you're going to believe that the patterns that they set like are still going to be on point. You know what I mean? So look at the patterns, not just at where they are, but what are their goals and what are their patterns? Because we can all have goals. Like Cruz told me he was going to be a doctor. <laughs> okay, I thought I was marrying somebody <laughs> with a lot of money. So, But, it, but in that... But I'm it, not done yet. <laughs> I'm not done. He's, he's still writing my story. You Come know what on. I mean? But there was certain patterns in his life that showed me consistency um, that in my heart, when I would pray, I'm like, okay, God, like this, this isn't a loser. Like I, I'm not dating potential either. Look, you know what I mean? I don't mm. want you to date potential and hope and like wish that they're going to get where they say, but no, it, are they actively walking out what they're telling you they're going to do? So that's one for me. Yeah. What I hear you say that is, is stick within this, Right. Um, I didn't have my life together, for real. I, I didn't. I was trying to figure things out. When she met me, I was a nursing major, and then I hated. I just hated it. I just was like, this is not for me. I can't picture you being there, bro. Can you imagine? 100%. No, he was going to be a pediatrician. I wanted, I really, he would have been I a great pediatrician. I, I wanted, if you were the I wanted, person that knocks on the door and like, uh, I'm just here to give you your meds. Like, no way. No, he was going to be a pediatrician. I, want, I wanted to be a Sorry, pediatrician. Sorry, just here to check your blood pressure. Look, but but I was always I was always in, I've always been impatient. Always been impatient. And I was like, man, this is going to take too long. This is going to take too long, right? So, but, but this is what I did have. I had, I, I had hustle and I just knocked on doors. Yeah. Knocked on doors. I would not take no for an answer. Like I just knocked on doors, knocked on doors, knocked on doors, knocked on doors. This is why I get on young adults. I get on the team around me. Is like, don't take for no for an answer. Why do we stop? Go knock at a door. Like, go figure it out. Like, what are you doing? Right? Not like that. I don't say, I, in my head I say it. Then it's like, chill out, bro. Hey, um, have we exhausted? Have we exhausted all of our options? Have we, have we exhausted all of our options? Um, but like, look. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I want to be a pediatrician, and, and I'm working graveyard shift at a hospital, just printing reports and doing help desk for an IT department. I'm not an IT guy at all, right? But I'm just answering the phone calls so that the techs and the engineers in the morning can go solve the problems, right? So I'm there, and then I'm just like, you know what, man? I'm there for about three or four months. It's a perfect job, because like, I get to study while I'm at school, and then I get free food. Like, it was perfect, right? Like, it was perfect. But one thing that I hated was I would always have doctors angry at me, like lab, lab people angry at me because their stuff isn't working. So I just said, you know what, man? If I'm going to be here, I'm not just going to take it. I'm going to try to figure this out. 
So I talked to the guy, some of the guys that like I was handing off the, the trouble tickets to, and I said, hey, can I just, can I, like, can, can you walk me? Like, I'm like 19 at the time, but I'm just like, hey, can you walk me? Like, can I go with you and just like, see how you fix stuff? Like how you fix a printer? Cause I'm tired of these guys. Like I'm getting cussed at by doctors. Not like for real, right? And so I'm just like, I'm tired of it. I don't want to be treated this way, <laughs> right? So they're like, yeah, but I mean, you're gonna have to do it off the clock. I said, yeah, whatever, right? So I do it off the clock and I just did it so that I don't have to get static from the doctors and I won't be bored on my graveyard shift. So now I'm going and fixing little printers and I'm fixing like little windows issues and clearing the cookies in an internet browser. You know what I mean? And stuff is working um, to the point where the team, the, like the department director is like, hey, you're the guy fixing stuff? And I'm like, yeah. Hey, we just got an opening for a PC tech. Like, do you want to work during the days? I'll work with your school schedule. And I said, how much does it pay? <laughs> right? And they said, blah, blah, blah. I said, dude, that's like $2 more an hour than I'm making now. For sure. Right? So, no, no, this, but this, is how my story, this is how my story went. I was just never afraid to knock on doors. At that point, I'm still like, I want to be a doctor. Then one day, one of the, one of the engineers pulls up in an Escalade. Right? And I'm like you work in the same department as me. I drive an 89 Nissan Sentra, true story. You're, you're, you're mobbing in this Escalade. What do you do? Like for real, I just went and asked, his name was Richard Park. And I just went and said, hey, what do you do? Oh, X, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, how do you, like, how'd you get there? Oh, this and this and this and this. How much do you make? And then he's like, well, I make my annual and then I bonus. I was like, for real? Bonus, what is that? And I said, I like I went and I told Anna I'm dropping out of I'm dropping out of like nursing I don't mind to be a doctor anymore I'm doing technology because I can do that right now like I can go figure this out right now right so long story short I was just like now but do I recommend that no but like but there was a way forward right so anyways to me a, a, something that you should look for is someone having resilience and just stick to itness like like okay resourcefulness that's the word resourcefulness. Have someone in your life, Lauren, that will figure it out with you, right? That just won't look at, like, when you, if you say, hey, this came up, like, like, if, if we're, if we're in partnership, and if we're working together, if we're on the same team, and we, something comes up, don't tell me, what are we going to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, now you're part of my, now it's my problem, and you're, you're part of it. It's not our, it's not our problem anymore, Right? One, one of the things that I love about Diana is that she'll bring, she'll bring problems for sure, but she always brings solutions at the same time. Hey, this is going on with the girls, boo, 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 but I think we should, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, that's a great idea. Let's go do that. Right? To the point now where it's like, she'll text me, hey, we got to, I'm like, do whatever you want. Just tell me, just tell me, just do whatever you want. So I think resourcefulness is a big deal. Does that make sense? You know, I'm just trying Felipe to. Felipe got the third. Well, I was actually going to say, like, I think just to give it some language, I think um, if I, when I was a young adult and I was looking for my wife, um, now looking at it this way, I was looking at uh, values and natural dispositions more than I was looking at, like I had a similar story to Cruz and Diana. Like I had no job um, when I married Lisa. Lisa basically paid for our house and everything for Praise a whole year. Praise God for sugar mamas. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Bless the Lord. The Lord blesses those. But um, no, but I just, I just think like, we need to get over the the checklist and start looking at things that are gonna carry like your natural dispositions. Like Cruz had a, has a natural disposition of going and knocking on doors like nonstop. Um, one of the things that, for example, Lisa 
and will we'll always tell me every time we have a problem with like culture, like, oh, we can't find a venue or we can't do this. She always says, you guys will always figure it out. But what is a response to that too? That's a response to our ability or our team's ability to just go find an answer. And I think sometimes young adults, we're looking at the fruit of young adults' life and some of our young adults that have really good potentials or really good futures, they, their fruit is not coming out yet. Yeah. And I feel like it's very good. Actually. And I feel like sometimes we are looking, we're looking for roses and the first person that has roses, which means what money, yep. which means like, we're looking for the tree that has like fruit, like the flourished. fruit that shows up. Like first. it's already flourished. It's like, Oh, that looks like, Oh, so he has a job. He has a career. He kind of dresses nice. He put, he's put together. Right. But then underneath, like it's, at the root. it's, it's a, yeah. it's a very, problematic thing and then you see another dude <laughs> who's like struggling like my boy is like barely can put like he's wearing like i don't know black belt with brown pants or something and you're like bro you don't even know how to dress yourself or whatever but he loves jesus and he's finishing his he's like early college or whatever he's about to go down like you don't know what's really going on underneath the surface so to me if you're looking at the fruit of somebody's life as a young adult i feel like maybe you might be looking too early and you might be underestimating a tree and if you, I think if you look at values and natural dispositions, you'll good. actually get it more like nailing on the head rather than, because let me tell you right now, if you look at some pictures of me, I was dressing my, like so bad, had no money in the account, horrible savings patterns, horrible spending patterns, but I love Jesus and I was a heart worker and I put my wife above anything else. And then the rest I learned. I learned exactly. how to put my la laundry away. <laughs> I learned how to, exactly. I learned how to cook. I learned how to, but look, I, I, I think this is important. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think we should just rapid fire some stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Because like, if I can go into dad mode with you, Lauren, right? Like Lauren's like, it's not just me. <laughs> or, but you know what I mean? But like with you guys, if I can go to like into dad mode, like, like, he shouldn't want to be applauded for doing the, the basics. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like if there's, if there's like, a, like, what do I get back for doing basic stuff? Run. Like that's run. Like, like run. I'm out. <gasps> Peace. God bless. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think, I think there's gotta, there's gotta be a synchronicity with faith. Like, like you guys, you can only build so much on romance. Now, romance keeps keeps it moving forward. Right. But if... if keeps it hot. The book of Amos... Hey, the book of Amos 3.3 3 says, how can two people walk together <laughs> if they eight. don't agree? How can they walk together if there is an agreement? Yeah. Right? So do we agree on our yep. faith? Yeah. Do we... Like, Jesus is Lord? Like, I mean, literally, do you know, like, your, your doctrine? Do we believe? Or is it just like, oh, no, he, I mean, he knows Jesus. What does that mean? Yeah. Because if he, he knows Jesus doesn't mean he signed up to serve the way you serve. Um, all demons know Jesus. Hello. <laughs> he, knows, he, he knows Jesus doesn't, doesn't mean that he's, he is generous the way you're generous. Yeah. And for example, I think coming to church is like the kind of fruit that I'm talking about that looks like, oh, that's a, that's a good tree or like that's a fruitful tree. But coming to church doesn't mean you have basic. a good doctrine. It yes. doesn't mean you follow Jesus right. the same way that I do. And I think we have a, again, I think, if we look at a guy or a girl and you're like, oh, he goes to church, like check. Yeah. No, yeah. you don't know anything. You just know he walked into the doors or right. maybe his he mom thought, got him to right? church. You don't he know. thought this was a mall. <laughs> well, I mean, a big thing that I do tell girls too is really don't judge a book by its cover. Um, like take a moment and actually speak to the guy. Like give him a chance. You know, he might be rough on the outside. Like you said, he might not match. He might not have the latest um, anything on, but when you talk to somebody, you'll figure out somebody's heart right away. Um, the Holy Spirit will automatically be like, bing, 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 okay, he's a good person, and then you can have a conversation. 
But again, I have a lot of girls that are literally just judging a book by its cover and don't give these poor guys a shot. Like not even a hello, you know? Um, I think something that you should carry yourself um, as someone who's being pursued, whether you're a guy or a girl, is your convictions. Your conviction is a, a testimony. Um, and Paul said it this way, your conviction will either smell like life to someone who's like-minded or it'll smell like death to someone who's opposite-minded from you, right? Um, Diana will tell you, her convictions when it came to um, our relationship when we were dating actually drew me out of destructive patterns in my life and drew me close to Jesus. This is, this is a massive statement, but I stand by it and I believe it. I don't know that I'm the man that I am today without her and without her convictions. Seriously. I mean, really, like, you know? So those convictions then have like a little plus sign and you'd hit the, you'd hit the drop down, right? And so unwillingness to compromise, right? Like don't, com don't compromise values, don't, com don't compromise standards, don't compromise image. I'm like, oh man, I'm just gonna say it. We might need to edit it, Andrew, I don't know. Um, but like, I always wonder like, you know, when someone, when, when someone starts dating somebody, like, why do you disappear from church? Right? Like, it's like, hey, we're so-and-so. Oh, they got a girl. Yeah. It's like, what? So now you've compromised, right? Now you've, now they've become whatever, right? Or, man, this is the one that I'm like shaking my head at. I'm like, I'm not body shaming at all, right? But like, but like, bad, like, bad company corrupts good character, right? And it was just like, dude, what happened? What happened to them? Now they were in a relationship and the other person just wasn't. And like, now they've like, you know, what is that? I'm, we don't know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, they know what I'm saying. They okay. got the Holy Ghost. Me and Felipe were like, like huh? Like, look, that, that's For called, sure, no bro. one's going to say I said anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're like, you know what I mean? Like, but they started dating someone who just wasn't, and, and it's like, but, but, but now, but now, but, but they, you guys understood 100%. You loud and clear, right? All so right. Somebody like, emailed me so what then happened. It's, then it becomes like, dang, dude, like, like, why did you let yourself go? Oh, I get it. When you were in, when you got in a relationship, don't compromise that, you know? I, I've seen that many times, you know, I'll ask somebody here from church. I'm like, hey, I haven't seen so-and-so in a while. Like, where have they been? And, you know, my friend will be like, oh, it's because they're, they're boot up now and blah, blah. I was like, since when is that a an excuse? Right. And I was like, if they're keeping you from church, they're right. not for you. Hello. And I was like, they should be coming with you and building that same foundation that you're building, you know, together. So personally for me, I'm like being, we, we God bless, you know, being on the worship team together has been a massive, massive blessing in my life. But seriously, I'm like, if that person's not willing to come and be in the house of the Lord with you, worship with you, praise with you, all of it, then what, what are you, are you doing? doing? Right. What, are, what you doing? are you doing? I'm like, that person's keeping you from your husband, from your potential husband. That's the truth. Jeez. No, that's a 100% truth. But a lot, and it has more, well, I don't know about, I can only speak as a woman. The women I speak to, it's like, but if I can like be with him a little longer, then maybe they'll come. And again, like how much will you compromise for the other person when at the same time, like they're not compromising for you. Yeah. You're the only one compromising. What's crazy? Like, is how do you not see that? But you're compromising with no covenant. Right? Like you don't even you don't like you don't even you don't have, have a, a you promise. Even, like you don't even have a ring on your finger. Mm -hmm. Like you don't even like you like you know what I mean? Like you're barely on the third date and you're already compromising. Yeah, that's where I feel sad for it. Cause it's mainly the girls. I'm like, what did they promise you? 
a makeout session. That's it. <laughs> and that's amazing. I'll take it. Like, <laughs> come on. Bree has a question. This is a good conversation. Well, no, Bree. No, extending on that, I think. Also, their intentions have to be to come to know the Lord, not to come to please you. That's it right there. I've had friends who have had, you know, significant others who go to church with them just because they're like, oh, I'm going to do it because it pleases her, right? But if they're not coming to hear the word of God and to grow themselves, they're never going to be fruitful in your relationship or lead, you know, have a man who leads you from the front because he's following God. So I think that's their intention with wanting to come to church has to be, you know, not to please you. No, I agree agree 100%. I I tell couples this, in a little bit of a different context, but like, don't let someone incentivize you. Yeah. Like, like where now you're the incentive. Like, oh, if I do this, I get you. Bet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they'll do like, it until they get you, and now you're married, and now you're miserable. Right. Because there's no longer an incentive. Yeah. Right. Usually, the context that I that I share this in, which, yeah, okay. Um, I I think getting the values as you're dating helps you build a stronger fundamental so you're not, you, you don't find yourself in this kind of conversation. But typically when I share this, this perspective, it's in the context of unfaithfulness in a marriage. And I'll tell the spouse um, that, that broke the confidence and that breached the covenant, they'll, I'll, I'll, you know, they'll say, Pastor, I'll do whatever, I'll do whatever, I'll come to church, I'll serve Jesus, I'll change, I'll get sober, blah, blah, blah. And I'll, and I'll sit with them. Let's just say I'm talking to the guy, right? And I'll sit, I'll sit, with, the, I'll sit with the dude and I'll say, bro, listen, that's great, but you do this because that's the kind of man you're deciding to become, not to get her. She's not a trophy. Do you know what I mean? Like she's not the incentive. She's not the prize. The reward here is that you're changing and that hopefully you'll never find yourself in this position ever again. Maybe you get her, but if you're going to change, the reward of changing is the change, right? It's not, well, I did this. Look what I get. Do I get that? Because now they're going to bring that transactional pattern into every aspect yeah. of your relationship. And that's the worst because a, a life-giving romantic relationship and a life-giving marriage is not about transaction. It's about service and sacrifice. Yeah. Does that make sense? You know, that's, man, and, these you are know, now that we're talking about this and we're talking about like not talking about like that, the cringe thing, but I, I do think divorce is something that young adults don't talk much about. And I think, I think there's like an a, like an illusion that maybe it won't happen to you or whatever. But all of the things that we're talking about right here are literally like roots of why we end up in a counseling session with somebody who was unfaithful yeah. to his wife or somebody that was, they want to get divorced after two years because, oh, we ended up not agreeing about this. Right. <laughs> it's know, a deal add, breaker. But Dang to add it. to that, Felipe, like maybe I agree. Maybe it's not something they think about or it's the flip side where it's like, oh, if it doesn't work, I'll just get divorced. Well, I, but you I, know, because that's really a thought, right? Please. It's like, oh, no, I'm not thinking. I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't have to have any high standards on the front end because I could just leave. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, 100. percent I could just get divorced, and that is so toxic and expensive, well. and expensive and hurtful. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, go ahead, Lupe. So I think it's important once you understand your values, women, men, you have a certain values. It's equally as important to communicate those values at the very beginning 100%. And, and set the expectation. Because I think what happens is most people go into relationships, uh, even in business, I see it all the time. People go into a business relationship without setting the expectations at the very beginning. Yeah. And so it leaves room for disappointment long term. Yes. And That's so if it. let's just say, I'll, like, I, I love to use this example with Bella. Like if let's just say I approach Bella at a coffee shop, 
right? And if if she knows, if she's a high value woman and she knows what she's worth, she knows what, and what I mean by that, like, obviously, <laughs> I mean, she knows her values. She knows what she has to bring to the table, but she clearly tells me what she expects. If I'm the right man, I'm going to be attracted to that. So That's let's just right. say I approach her. Yes, sir. She's like, she's like, hey, before before you decide to get into any kind of relationship with me, I just want you to know what I expect of a man. Yeah. I expect you to, to obviously be a man of integrity, be a man of honesty to communicate with me. And I do expect that you, you grow in some way, shape or form. I'm not going to expect you to be perfect. I'm not going to expect you to be the amazing man that you are, that you can be. But I am going to expect you to consistently work towards becoming that. Yeah. And if I'm the right man, I'm going to see that. I'm going to be like, wow, like that's a woman right there, right? <laughs> but if I'm not the right man, I will be I will offended. Be like, Dude, this girl's way too much. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. High maintenance, come right, things, right? Right, exactly. But like, no, exactly. It's, that's, 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 but yeah. that is like the art of like how you really should date. That's like it. it really should that's be it. that cut and dry. Strong boundaries. And it should be that strong and that like clear. But most of us literally just want to get married and we're going to hope and wish that they're going to fit what we say. We sugarcoat things. We let things slide. We allow so much. Why? Because at least we have somebody. Yeah. And never be with somebody just to say you're with somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean, like that's that's the worst thing. I think, um, you know, this this just brings us to the to the bottom line fundamental of just having good boundaries. Mm. Right. Really well stated boundaries. Um, shameless plug on the podcast. I think it was at the beginning of 2022. Or somewhere in there, we did a, like a four or five part series on emotional intelligence and then on boundaries, right? So yeah. it's like, go, Andrew, I don't know how we can connect it to this, but we'll connect it to this. Um, but it's on the podcast. It's like right around 20, beginning of 2022. But Diana says some, said something when, when we taught that and we shared that. She just said so simply about boundaries. The boundaries are like a really good fence. Really good boundaries are like a really good fence. They keep the right things in and the right, right things out. Right. And so you like if you come and someone has like really clearly stated boundaries, it becomes a deterrent to the distractions right. and it becomes a magnet to the man that might or the woman that might be part of your destiny, yeah. might be part of your future, you know, 100 percent. And I wanted to add because I, I truly believe like a great, healthy, growing marriage is somebody who sees your standards, sees how high they are and continues to help you elevate them. Yeah, for sure. A lot of times what happens is that they come in with this standard. Let's just say I had that standard, but then he he helped me rise up or he rose up to those standards and then little by little helped me drop them down. Right. That's what happens right. a lot. And that's where you see like, you know, I, I know what you're alluding to, which is, which is, hey, let's, you know, the gym membership hasn't been used. Yet, you know, but it's that because first year of marriage, baby. Hello. Yeah, first Help year. Us, hey, hey give everybody grace for the hey, first that's, year. That's what happened with us. First year marriage. Everybody. We're new creation. Yeah. Um, yeah. The freshman 15. Yes. Um, but one of the biggest things that I've noticed is we drop our standards. And I think the, the person that you're looking for should be somebody that sees your standard and says, hey, let's elevate them more. Yep. And if there may be not at that standard yet show me how to do it and let's keep being strict on our standard let's keep elevating our yeah, standard yeah. because that's that's where you're going to continue growing yeah for so sure. i think yeah. that's huge i think if, if that if we can put that like in a portable form lauren just to keep to keep answering the question like mm -hmm. if it's a one word clarity right if, if you if you're happy you're like on a coffee date or something you say hey talk to me about your standards yeah yeah and if they're like oh so we got patterns resourcefulness yeah, clarity and if they can't clearly say hey i've got here's where i'm at i really value this and i really value this and i really value like you know what i'm saying like if it's like uh they've never thought about it yeah ever right so that that person's probably underdeveloped yeah immature on and on 
you know? We have really strong women at Prime Culture. One, so yeah. you men better come correct better or step show up. up. You, you better doing? show up. I'm yes. praying for the men. We got some good men. I'm going to shout right, out the men. Right. I got to shout out the men. <laughs> all right, good. So you have another question? No, um, I just wanted to add on real quick. I think something that's so important is as a single person, that we're also observant. You know, like mm. Pastor Felipe, you said you're talking about fruit, right? But at least I've seen with a lot of young adults is there's there's a rush, there's an urgency. Someone new, it's like, oh, I'm going to find out who they are, right? <laughs> and then like, it, there's just so much rushing to it. But I think once someone does become booed up and then they're gone, right? And I'll tell PC, he'll ask me like, we're so-and-so. And I'm like, she got a man's. That's why she's not here. And he'll tell me like, are you for real? But it's so sad that in when in situations when that happens, you lose yourself for someone who doesn't even know themselves. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I just love how you guys mentioned about your values, your standards, because it's awesome to know that when you really know who you are in your relationship with Christ, um, then you know what you're looking for. You know what's to come as opposed to just going for the bare minimum. Mm. Yeah. And in our society, we acknowledge the bare minimum. And it's yeah. like, uh, ew. He yeah, he opened the door oh for God. me. Or, Husband material. Or it's like, like oh, he. well, it's because he's inviting me out and it's like free food. I've talked to this with PD. You know, it's like, it's free food. And it's ladies. like, ladies, you got to do better. Ladies. Hey, college is rough. free food at your mom's house. <laughs> wow. What did what? you say? She said, hey, college is rough. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Just kidding, guys. There's free food at your mom's house. Ladies. <laughs> Ladies, please. So this is the deal. I talk don't to a let, lot of younger don't give girls. Give away your whole your whole destiny for a bowl yes, of beans. Yes, say no, that. Right. And you Esau, know, right. there's so, a story in the you're Bible. Out your don't do that. Right, but a lot of people give themselves away. They're like a whole free trial. You know, like here we go, and it's like, oh no, this ain't no free subscription. Like this is premium. Yeah, you, you, you gotta yeah, pay yeah. for this. There is no free trial. Like, 100%. but it only comes down to when you know who you are and what is that you're looking yeah, for. So good. enough, ladies, to the ladies. Enough with the free food, or it's like he's brand new. I just want to know who he is. Like, take the time to really observe. And I, you know, I've seen this with like Alan and Vivian. You know, they took their time. I would love for you to share it too. Like how they took the time to be friends, and now there's just such so, so much urgency and rushing because like you said PD a lot of people think like oh once I am in a relationship it just adds more value to me when in, when in reality who you are already single or not single there's already value that's to you good. because yeah, of Jesus amen. so that's like what I just it. wanted to say that's very good okay who's gonna ask the next question, question? Uh, I'll go real quick oh let's go yeah. <laughs> uh, no I just wanted to kind of talk about that so I think so many young adults are in a rush to get in a relationship so more um, more so if you could talk about what to do in the waiting period as a man, mm. as a woman, um, you know, because we talked about like what Lauren had asked, the characteristics you should look for and what you should um, portray, but what to do in that w waiting period. Because I think, you know, with different dating apps and social media, there's just the pressure to find that person. Yeah. But what are you doing in your day-to-day -day activities to, question. to meet that individual? And um, yeah. Just I think we should ask Diana. <laughs> okay. Um, I always talk to young girls that it, waiting doesn't mean not doing anything. So in your waiting, you're pursuing your dreams. You're developing yourself and you're figuring out who you are. You can't give yourself away to anyone, not even like in a coffee date. Um, if you have no clue who you are, have a list of negotiables and non-negotiables. Like I tell, the, I tell my girls, like literally sit down, write down before you see the cute face, 
what you will not negotiate on. Like there's certain standards that you should have. What are your standards for yourself? What are your values? Write them down. Because a lot of times we're like, oh, I think this, I think that. But then you see the cute face and then that list goes out the window. So have like literally sit down, write it down. What are you not going to compromise on? And in that, because that's going to take some time. So when you have that done, like you're waiting, you're going to school, you're developing yourself, you're giving yourself that, you know, love that you need, you're getting your hair done. Like, I mean, you're still like looking for somebody, you're still attractive, you're not coming with like, you know, crazy crusty eyes or anything, you know, you're brushing your teeth and you're doing everything, you know, for self-care taking care of yourself, growing yourself, having your non-negotiables and allowing yourself time with the Lord. I believe any time you have like your time with Jesus, like that solidifies who you are. So when they come or when he comes around, like you can't be swayed. Why? Because you've been in his presence and you know who you are. Cause yeah, I, I really feel that because we dated for a long time, like six years. But in that time, we actually, we didn't take a break, but I went to school. And I allowed myself to like immerse myself like in Jesus. And I literally told the Lord, like, renew me and mold me. Like, I don't want to be this person when I leave from school. Yeah. And I literally took that time and I was like in his presence where he's like, hey, you need to take this out. You need to bring this in. And he'll mold you for the, when the person is supposed to see you, they're going to see you. But don't just expect to be and be found without actually doing the work. Let me share a scripture with you. Paul teaches us this really well. Um, and it's really, really clear. And so the, I agree, do the inner work, develop all of that. But again, we're talking to believers, mm-hmm. right? We're talking to disciples. So what do we do in the waiting? So Paul said this, it's 1 Corinthians 7, verse 32. He says, but I want you to be free from concern. The unmarried man is, should be concerned about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But the married man is concerned about worldly things, how he may please his wife. So his interests become divided, which he's not saying it's a wrong thing. Mm-hmm. It's just the dynamic of living single or married. Then he says, verse 34, or, uh, yeah, so his interests are divided. The unmarried woman or the virgin is concerned about the matters of the Lord, how to be holy and set apart in both body and in spirit. But a married woman is concerned about worldly things, about how she may please her husband. Now I say this for your own benefit, not to restrict you, but to promote what is appropriate and secure, undistracted devotion to the Lord. And I think one of the things that many young adults underestimate is how much time you have to do the work of the Lord. How much time you have in your single years to really concern yourself and devote yourself and offer those years to say, Lord, I'm going to know you. I'm going to walk with you clearly. I'm going to build your kingdom. And when that time comes, I believe then I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to divide my focus. Yeah. But until then, I'm going to be about my father's business. Yeah. Does that make sense, right? And so he literally says that. I don't, do, I don't say this to distract you or restrict you. I say this so that you can have secured, you can secure the benefits of devotion to the Lord, right? Like, so I like, remember, when, when, like, you get, when you get, don't lose your thought. Okay. When you get married, like, like your, your, your time of devotion is very different. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're going to talk about? Yeah, well, I was going to say, ahead. like, even in that time, like when I was in college, I remember, like, lighting candles and literally <laughs> setting up a date for me and the Lord. Like, I was in just in time in prayer, and that was just my devotional time with Him. 
Can I do that now? No, I got little kids running everywhere oh gosh, and, and people need this. People need that. So right this time you'll never, ever right. get again. Right. Like take this time right. and make it like so memorable with Jesus. Right. Cause it'll, it'll change. Yeah. This is, and I really do believe that I, that this is a time where you're digging your well deep. Right, you have you have time to be undistracted. You have time to say, "Man, I'm going to set whatever whatever your time looks like." Right, because I know you're a professional as well. Right, so you've got you've got to you'll be about your career and all of that. Absolutely. But if you look at the economics of your time, there's a lot of disposable income in there. Do you know what I mean? And if you say, "Man, I'm going to give the Lord four hours a week or whatever that looks like," and I'm just I'm, I'm going to sign up for some online like. Bible school thing because I really want to know what I believe. Hey, I want to go on some mission trips, right? Like I look at, I look at the life of a young adult. I'm like, how many times can you go to Tulum, bro? Like, do you know what I mean? Like for real. Um, and, but I just got a text message a couple of weeks ago from, from, a from one of our young adults here at prime. Um, he's an engineer and he, he just went to Turkey for three weeks, I think on a missions trip. Right. And he said, he goes, I wanted to invest in that because I wasn't just going to take another vacation. He's single he makes good money. And he's like, dude, I'm just going to invest. And he was in Turkey for three weeks. Doing, like, when do, will you be able to do the that work again? Doing the work of the ministry. You know what I mean? Like, like, like we'll do incredible. that maybe when we're 60. Like, the girls, like, are married. You know what I'm saying? Like, but when will you be able to just say, you know what, man, I'm just, I'm just going to go give this time yeah. to the body of Christ. I'm going to go give this time to the kingdom of God. I'm just, gonna, I'm just going to give this, right? And if we're being honest in our young adult years, there's a lot of throwaway time. There's a lot of throwaway time, you know? So hopefully I, that answers the, the, the question. If, if I could just, I, I think I'm about to throw like a grenade, but I feel like now that I'm, I'm, I'm married and I have three children, right? And I think the waiting season was something that I thought was like a one occasion kind of thing. So I feel like right now, mm. if you're a young adult and you're single, you feel right now that God's preparing you for your spouse. And that's like it. That's the end goal. Well, we have engaged people here. We have people that have been married like a month ago. That's a great point. Your waiting season is, 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 you have another waiting season. Yep. Well, you, those of you that are in the room, you're now expecting something else to happen. Yep. And finding your spouse was like step one out of like 15,000 steps that you're yes. going to take with the Lord, right? And I think if I can say this, and I and I love my wife with like all that I have, but I, I now looking outside in at my young adult life, um, I, I would tell any young adult to fall in love with Jesus so much that if that if they lose everything, they still have enough. Because a spouse is a partner and children right. leave you right. and careers end yeah, yeah. and things like that are going to happen. Nothing in this world really will ever last except your relationship with Jesus. Amen. And I think sometimes we, we tend to live our life from like, like you're on this giant road trip and you tend to live your life from gas station to gas station and you forget the whole point of the whole trip. Like, where were we going? Disneyland? Oh, okay, cool. Because I was just hoping to get to Van Horn. <laughs> like, does that make sense? Like, I just want to get to Van Horn, bro. And it's like, wait, what? What does God want to do in my life? Yeah. What is his purpose of my life? Yeah. And my spouse is a beautiful gift and he who finds a good wife finds a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I love my wife with everything that I have. But now I've learned that my, the Lord wants to do something in my wife and in me and in my children and That's in the right. generations that come after that. So if I look at it from that perspective, finding my spouse isn't as urgent as finding like 
Jesus and us finding him clearly and us falling in love with him better. And if I, if I love Jesus better, I'll be a better husband. If I love Jesus better, I'll be ready for anything. Yeah. So to me now looking from the outside in, I'm like, man, I was like, so like obsessed with like the first stop in my trip. And that wasn't and, anything. And, and now you're married. Like for those of you that are married, you're like, bro, like, yeah, we were so stressed out about that, but now we're stressed out about this. Yeah, well, oh, now yeah, we're waiting for this. Not the end goal. That's or like now, end, yeah. now, Cru- now, Cruz and I, we want to raise good children. Yeah, we want to like we want our children to get married. I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm praying. Like, we're, like I go and I lay hands on the girls. Not every night, but like at least four nights a week, and I pray for their husbands. Yeah. Like and I'm laying hands on their on them, praying for their husbands. And the waiting season will never be over because we're supposed to follow Jesus by faith. So I feel like the waiting season is something that we should learn to engage with. Yeah. I feel like it's always going to be attention to man. It's not a problem to solve. Um, and I would just look at your life as a big picture. Like if you're single and you're like, you, all your friends are married, you're not married yet. Like look at the big picture because in the big picture. Yeah, I mean, your life is going to be incredible, and the Lord's going to be good to you. And you might find your husband two years from now, five years from now, yeah, and I wonder, two months from now. Doesn't I wonder, matter. I wonder if we don't take off that label and not call it waiting season because yeah. for some yeah, reason yeah. there's this negative connotation to yeah, it. Yeah. And I wonder if we just call it like a framing season, you know, um, framing both in like thoughts of like videography and framing like I mean, Lauren, you like, you you build houses, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and so like you can't have the whole thing until you frame first, right? Mm, um, but like in, in terms of like videography, so like Andrew, shout out Andrew Fung, by the way, who is like, just makes all this stuff happen week after week after week. Ba, 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 ba. And he's holding okay. a camera. Uh, you know, <laughs> But like before we came and sat here, he came here and he literally was like framing the shot. This is what I want it to look like. Okay, this is where they're going to fit. This is where they're going to go. Here's where the light is going to be, right? He's literally framing. And I wonder if we don't redefine the times where we're walking out patience and the times where we're walking out uh, trust with the Lord and saying, man, I'm really framing this, right? So for you specifically, right, you're, you're, you're in a framing season of what married life will look like, right? I'm, that's, that's what I'm assuming, right? And so what if the thought isn't so much, I can't wait to meet my husband. What if it's like, I'm, I'm framing the view I want of my married life. And this is what my expectations are. And I'm going to allow that framing to begin to define who I'm becoming as a spouse, right? So another thought of framing is like, you get the vision, Right. And you're just you're just crafting vision. You're just folding and, and moving and and developing what vision looks like. And if we're if we're talking from a perspective of vision, right, your vision, I'm assuming, is, hey, I'm going to be in a, in a in a thriving marriage. I'm going to be a loving wife. I'm going to have a loving husband. I'm going to be a faithful wife. I'm going to have a faithful husband. Right. Well, then that begins today. Right. So what yeah. happens? The vision is this is going to come to pass in my life. So I don't know who the husband is today but I know who the wife is today. And I'm not going to, I don't become a wife the moment as I say I do. I've been a wife. I've been a wife this whole time. I've been a wife. I've been a wife in learning how to pray for my husband in learning how to keep my, like keep my home. I don't mean keep my home like housekeeping. I mean like budget, dry, like, like conversations, commitments, like galvanizing, galvanizing, galvanizing values. Um, and this, I'm just going to step on this one. And it's not scandalous because it's biblical, right? But like, even even in how I steward my body and my sexuality and my yeah. my sexual expression, my physical expression, like, no, I'm 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 not I'm not doing that with you because I'm somebody's wife. Yeah, I haven't met him yet, 
And I don't know if it's you, but I'm not your point. wife today, buddy. Yeah. And so I'm going to be a faithful wife by not doing that with you because this belongs to my husband. Amen. That's a good or word. This, or this Amen. belongs to my wife. That's the power of vision, right? Yeah. The scripture says that in Proverbs in 28, identity. 19, mm -hmm. that where there's no vision, people perish, yeah. right? That statement, people perish, literally means cast off restraint. I run around like a wild horse is Ooh. what Solomon is writing, right? So vision puts restraint on me, yeah. right? And so I'm not saying no to this. I'm saying yes to that. Do you see what I'm saying? And so what if we take off this whole context of like, oh, I'm just in my waiting season. Now bump that. I'm in my framing season, man. Like I'm framing the vision of my life. I'm framing, I'm framing my womanhood, my manhood, yeah, my, my husbandhood, my, my, my motherhood, my fatherhood, on and on. Right. Amen. And I'm just really framing that. And I'm, I'm setting my non-negotiables. I'm just crafting that. And it's just, I'm just coming, I'm just coming into this thing and through this thing with clarity. Yeah. 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 You know, and then we don't waste this time. Yeah, because my know? goodness, like you guys have so much time. So much time. I, I didn't realize how much sometimes. time I had until we can had I, kids. Can I add to that? So Please. Like, I like how, we, how you're saying like, this is not a waiting season, like it's a framing season. Um, I'm going to be vulnerable, but I was in the waiting room, like, like kind of like in the doctor's office. I was just kind of sitting there. And I just want to add that like, because of that, I almost missed my wife. Like I almost missed having my wife who's sitting here next to me, like, because I sat there thinking like, oh, okay, like I'm thinking, I'm thinking, but I never framed my life. Mm, that's good. And, wow. I, that's and, good. and by you the grace of God, honestly, like I think I framed it in just enough time, like at the very end of it where like, you know, I met Lex and, you know, I was able to kind of, cause I didn't have it all together. And I was just like, Trying to like, kind of like rushing, you know, when you do a project last week, yeah. I was like, well, she woke a passion up no, yeah. inside of you. And that's what a good yeah. woman will do. She'll, yeah, she'll, she'll, she'll wake you up. up. Oh, she'll wake you yeah. up. She'll wake that and up. then you'll rush. Because sure. I yeah. tell her all the time, like, honestly, like when I first met her, I was a boy. Like, I wasn't a man. Mm. I can be honest about that. Like, I, I, I had, I was, had those childish thoughts and, and because of her and, and her uh, beliefs and, and her non negotiables, she kind of like woke me up. I was like, oh. Okay, this is a woman. This is not a girl. This is a yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah. This is a, a wife too. So. Yeah. That's crazy. That's that's, that's crazy. Yeah. And sometimes, Thank you for sometimes all a guy needs is the right motivation. Uh -huh. Honestly, like, sometimes most all of the time. I don't know a guy. Honestly, I don't know a guy that a woman didn't do that too. Right. Like honestly. But look, if we're just talking, like Diana can speak more to this than I can. But if we're just talking from a neurocognitive perspective and just basic physiology, our prefrontal cortex, which that's where judgment and value is established, decision making, and where immaturity comes in, decision making, <laughs> it's 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 not fully baked until about somewhere between twenty five and twenty eight yeah. in males, where in in females it's like eight seventeen to twenty one. That's why we're ready to go, and yeah. we're looking yeah, at you real. like, what so are you what, doing? What, what happens when you meet the right one? Or, or when you meet one that will like that will Ignite. push push that development, it's like something just turns on. Yeah. That's like, that I'm part. Of, it's that part of your brain that just goes boom, and you see it, and you're just like, "What am I doing, bro? I'm about to ruin my life." <laughs> nah, man, I'm gonna secure this bag, bro. Let's go. Meet me at the altar, girl. Let's rock. What's up? <laughs> Call Felipe right now. We're gonna have a wedding over here. Let's go. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love this. But I'm glad he woke up. I mean. Oh, 100%. Yeah. We were all. For, I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And we were all like, hey, we were all like, hey, is someone going to tell him? Are we going to tell him? Are we telling him or no? Like, we, we had some points in our relationship where she where she was just like, like, I think we had, we mentioned it earlier, but she was like, hey, um, you're a great guy, but we can't live off of potential. <laughs> Come on, Vax. <laughs> oh. Come on, Vax. <laughs> I sat there and I was just like, bro. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yes, my I love, love it. I love it. Man, this is a good combo. It's a good combo. We have quite no question. 
or comment? Well, I was going to add to that because my, my story is actually very different. Like, I don't want to talk to some of the women here because when I met Lupe, I was in high school. So I kid you not swear like, oh my gosh, I grew up. I literally thought I was never going to get married. I literally thought that like just low self-esteem. We don't worry about that anymore. Right. But there's a lot of women, I think, that are dealing with that. And so they're in the waiting room. So I was in the waiting room. And because I had identified with something so low, I wasn't preparing and I didn't do any preparation. So it came as a shock. You know, mm. it came as like, so Lupa came in and I was like, oh, what's this? Wow. What's going on? Right. And I and I think that's something that's very common with a lot of women who who struggle with that. You know, I, it, that was a common thing in my life. And so getting into the waiting room, I didn't know what that I was or didn't realize that I was in the waiting room mm. in that time. And so when I finally, you know, God was like, hey, yeah, you're like, this is your husband. I had a lot of catch up to do, but I'm so gracious because I think I'm so grateful. And, and I, God is so good because I think there's also men out there that are looking for you that will guide you and talk yeah, to the woman yeah. you are. Not, yeah. Not, yeah, to the woman that you are, not the person that you are right now. And that's what happened with Lupus. He always spoke to me as a woman that I could be, not who I was there. That's and I good. think that's huge that's because I didn't have, like, I didn't realize I was in that waiting room, so I didn't take advantage of it. Mm. So when we were preparing for marriage, it was I was overcoming a lot of things that if I had just realized at the beginning when I was in the waiting room, Kind of like scrapping the whole project together. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm about to be a wife. What the heck? I don't even know how to it's cook. Pretty much went up to my mom like at 9 p.m. at night. Oh, I need to do my. I need a. I need a board. I need elbow yeah. macaroni. I need and to glue. go buy a pro, like cardboard. A big cardboard yeah. tonight. Or like, or like I'm supposed the to wear worst. like a green shirt tomorrow. It's like 10 p.m. Dude, the worst. Dude, that's, that's our life yes. right now. That's yeah. our life. That's our life. Pray for one of our girls. That's but that's how it's it was. That's how it was. And I was like, oh snap! Like I had to do a lot of catch up, you know. And I think there's like like the ladies out there. You will get married. Okay, <laughs> I uh, trust. You all get married. But I think that's why this is so important, good, right? Bella. To change the connotation of that, yes. because you've got to frame it like yes. what's really in your heart oh, and be open gosh. with it, right? Like, yes. like view it, like, like see it in your mind's eye or in like the eyes of the spirit or the eyes of faith, right? Like really frame what your life should look like. You know, yes. I, I use this, I use this definition for, for vision all the time. And all vision is, is a clear mental image of the future you prefer. Not the future you think is possible or the future you think you deserve or like Come this is on, all that's, that's coming it. to me. What's the future you prefer? You prefer. Yes. Right, man? Well, I prefer, like, I don't know how it would happen. I don't know. I don't know who will put up with me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that about you. I'm saying that about me, right? Like, yeah. I don't know who put up with me, but man, like, I'd love to be married. Like, I would. Right. I would I'd love to build a home. I'd, I'd love to own a house. I'd love to, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever that looks like. Well, if, look, Philippians 2.13 says this, that the Lord puts in you both the will and to do. Right, the will and to do. So if there's a desire to do it and it honors Jesus, let's add that caveat, right? right. And it honors Jesus, he gives you both the desire and the resources to do it and to walk it out, Amen. right? And so, man, I, I, I love this question because like this completely just rips off this thing of like, oh, I don't know if it's for me. Because yeah. a lot of times we'll avoid it and we literally just wait. And talk and ourselves and out see, of it like, like maybe this will happen to me. Yeah, yeah. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Oof. Maybe it'll just happen to me. Maybe a husband will happen to me. Rather than say, no, it's going to happen for me. It's and like, this is what I want it to look like. It's like that meme. It's like, I want somebody to find me and love me. But you're like in your room with a blanket on top. You never go out. <laughs> you're unlovable. <laughs> <laughs> and like nobody knows how? where you are, bro. How? How? <laughs> Only Jesus can right now. <laughs> Only Jesus knows where Tell you are. How. Where's Tell the location? How. Put it on. No, I love it. I love it. Hey, we're, we're getting pretty close to landing the plane. We're a little bit over an hour this has been great, by the way. Um, let, let's let's move to another another question. If someone's got another question to ask, um, just to shift gears a little bit, um, I know all of us are here working adults, and um, how would you navigate work relationships? Because oh, wow. I think you know your coworkers are is, are like family. You don't really get to pick them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, it, so it's just like you're you're, you're dealing with people with you know with all types of ages and even beliefs too because yeah. you can surround yourself with the people that um, have the same values and beliefs but at work you don't really get to choose that yeah you know how do you build these relationships and and trust because you know there are people you're dealing with your 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 promotion you're dealing with your paycheck you're you're dealing sometimes you know me personally I work in politics I work in in legal so, you know, there's there's some malicious people. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, how do you get to be the best possible person that you can be when others aren't giving you the same energy, giving you the same treatment back? So good. that's a good question, Lexi. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I've, I have Bible for it. Give me a second. It's Matthew chapter 10. Um, I think it's verse 19, if I'm not mistaken, verse 16. So Jesus says this. Look at this. Okay. Jesus says, listen carefully. I'm sending you out like a sheep among wolves. So be wise as serpents, but gentle as doves. Right? So number one, don't be surprised when you're out there. Right? Um, a couple of perspectives. Light only matters in dark places. It's easy to be like, be like, I'm the light of the world when you're in a lighthouse every Sunday. Yeah. It's so easy to love people here. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is. But that's not what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. He said, I'm sending you as light out there. Mm -hmm. Right? So let, don't let it catch you off guard when people act like they live in darkness. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Um, and here's another perspective. Um... You know, we, we always use this statement as, you know, I'd, Jesus says, I'd rather have you hot or cold. Mm -hmm. right? Be hot or be cold, but just don't be lukewarm. Because if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth, right? That's in the book of Revelation, right? I think it's the Church of Laosidea, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And a lot of times people will be like, you know, like, either you're serving Jesus or you're not serving Jesus. Right. I disagree. Here's a, here's a point of view. Ready? Point of view is this. If I'm hot, I'm offering warmth to the world around me, right? Like, like if, 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 I'm, if I'm out in the world, if I'm on fire, I'm offering warmth to the world around me. If I'm cold, I'm a refreshing element to the world around me. When I'm lukewarm, I'm neither. I'm of no impact right, right. to the world around me. Does that make sense? So I think the Lord sends us out to either be warmth for people or refreshing for people, you know? And so I think if we view our lives as that, is like, I'm, I'm here to either warm your life. Some people are, yeah. like, some people are so hurt. Yep. And, and they're living such cold, callous lives. 
And sometimes just a, a, a warmth of kindness, gentleness, yep. as, as a dove, being gentle as a dove and just, hey, you're doing a really good job. Yeah. Right? A lot of times it's like, man, I've got to win my whole department and I'm good, awesome, do that. Praise God, right? But I mean, I think, I think if we do it in a way where we're less like, like conquistadors, you know what mm. I mean? Like, I'm here to plant the flag versus no, I'm, I'm here for you to experience Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm here for you to experience his warmth or his refreshing. One of the things that we can't let culture around us do to us is make us lose our warmth or our refreshing, right? We become lukewarm. So what, what is lukewarm? Lukewarm is apathetic. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just don't do anything. Well, then, then, then you've, you've lost the whole point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so I think being gentle as a, gentle as a dove is I'm, I'm, I'm operating in kindness I'm operating in the spirit of Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus, like some of his most significant moments of ministry began with sincere conversations. Yeah. And they, and they, they began around public gathering spaces, right? You think of like John 4, the woman at the well, right? He didn't meet her at a temple. He met her at her water cooler. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I'm saying? At, at, the, at the Nespresso machine at the office, right? Or a Keurig <laughs> yeah. at the office. I mean, you know what I mean? Like you're, like you're like in city government, right? So it's probably a Keurig, hopefully. It's, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Depends on which department. <laughs> right? No. Um, and, but, I think, but I think realizing, man, I'm, I'm, I'm here on mission, yeah. you know, and, and I'm going to let my life, because you think about it this way, like it could be like, man, I'm stuck with this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I was sent to this person and I have a captive audience. Yeah. And also giving the person, um, like seeing the humanity in that person, because every person has a story That's very and good. we don't know what they're really going through. They might be grumpy Johnny from accounting, but because we don't know <laughs> that Johnny's wife has cancer mm. and you would never know that. Why? Because you don't take the time to ask. So sometimes we walk in kindness Yep. offering like, hey, how are you doing? And maybe you have a, a moment of interaction with that person or you're the person that stops the gossip because there's gossip at the office. And so when that comes around me, I always take it back to like, hey, well, did you ask her for her perspective? Always offering, like always pushing back on gossip. Hey, you know what? Maybe that's not what she meant. Why don't you pick up the phone and call her instead of assuming the text meant this? Yeah. You know what I mean? All, always offering another perspective, but that perspective always leading people to truth and not assumption and always, always being kind. I think kindness is underrated, but most people in society aren't kind. So when you are kind, it kind of halts people. And it's like, why are yeah. you nice? You know what I mean? But that's who you are. Yeah. Jesus is in you. And, and, and uh, you know, just one, one last thought on, on not being lukewarm. You know, like, look, I've, I've been in corporate America right? And now I'm in church life. I think you know, it's funny. You're human no matter where you're at, yeah. right? Like, I mean, there's dynamics working in a church. It's like the dynamics are funny, you know? Um, <laughs> not as much, um, but like, I think that if, if you're able to, here's a thought, right? If, if I'm able, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to choose either, I'm going to be hot, I'm going to be cold, I'm going to be warmth, I'm going to be refreshing. It's, it's, it's what we always say, right? I'm choosing to be a thermostat, right? I'm not going to measure the temperature around me. I'm going to, I bring my own weather. I'm going to set my own climate. I think that right there becomes a witness to people around you where like you may not even have to thump a Bible, right? And, and put your screensaver, John 3.16 or like, you know, <laughs> Philippians 4.13, right? Like John 10.10, 10, right? Like all big, <laughs> right? Um, 
uh, your whole like the whole cubicle is like all A plus everywhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, which if you do that, that's awesome. I'm so like buy more stuff. It's awesome. I love it. Um, but what if what if someone around you that is in the same environment that is toxic, that's hurtful, X Y Z, fill in the blank, and they're feeling it, but they see you unmoved, mm. and they see you unshifted and unchanged and not lukewarm. And at some point there'll be like, like a, a Nicodemus moment where they just come around and just like, Hey, what is this? Like I've been, I've, I've been working, I've been working in this office for blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's just been so bad, but like, I've never seen you with an attitude. I've never seen you. you you're always so happy. Yeah. What, like they will all like, they will always ask. Why? Always 100%. They're always going to ask. Always. Amen. You know? And I think the last thing I said is that work relationships are relationships. So like all relationships require a certain amount of investment for them yeah. to be better. And I think some relationships end up being better than others just because like, you know, like if Cruz were to, if Cruz and I were given a project tomorrow, we'd probably have fun doing it. <laughs> if I just met some other person tomorrow, it'd probably take me a while to get used to it. But I think sometimes we have an expectation for work relationships that tends to like, honestly, I feel like sometimes we expect like our work relations to be like our neighbors, mm. which like, I don't know of an American that actually speaks to their neighbors anymore. I don't talk to my neighbors. Like I've been and living there for 10 years. I don't know who they are. Two I'm being two, honest. Two houses back to back come to church. <laughs> they come I, just, past you, I know them by the sticker. I'm, I'm like, like, Oh, they come to church, but I've never talked talk to, to them. <laughs> Well, I'm telling on myself, but what I'm saying is like, I think sometimes we expect at work is like, it's just things should just maybe just flow the same way they flow in our neighborhood. Like nobody talks to me, everybody keeps yeah. to themselves. <laughs> and sometimes it won't happen like that. You'll have a bad, you'll have, you'll have a boss that's grumpy or you have a, a boss that's like, uh, like always gossiping or throwing you under the bus or always looking at some point relationships are going to take the investment. So like Cruz said, be the thermostat, which I would take it as like, I can take ownership of my environment and I can choose to change this relationship if I put some investment in it. Yep. But so, some investment, like asking, yep. like you said, are you okay? Everything going okay? Like, Hey, do you have kids? I don't know. Um, I think I, at least for me, cause I worked in, I worked for my dad all my life before I worked at church. And this is my first job, by the way, like official <laughs> job legally. Um, but I uh, lived in Mexico. But because I live in Mexico. Because I'm from Mexico. I'm, I'm, from. It's not a joke. It's true. <laughs> but with my with my dad, like it, it, working with my dad, he has a wood pallet uh, recycling company. And I would I was a 17 year old driving like a little truck going to pick up like wood pallets around the city with like a 40 year old man who has a family and absolutely does not believe in Jesus and absolutely has a potty mouth yeah. and absolutely like all these things. And I, I feel like the biggest thing that I took away from those years is the learning to become human, um, not learning to become human, still being able to be a, 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 an empathetic human being while yeah. being Christian and all, which it should be like actually your natural disposition, but uh, sometimes it doesn't happen. But I feel like um, I was able to, I still have relationships with my parents' workers that still don't believe in Jesus, but they care for me. They ask yeah. about my family and ask about theirs. And I pray one day they'll come to Jesus, but Amen. I was still able to build a bridge because of, I'm going to say it like this, like because of my good works Absolutely. and because of the way that I represented Jesus. Absolutely. And I was always told in my, in my parent in my dad's business, why I was always in a good mood or why was I always just like smiling or happy? I was also 17 years old. So I had a lot of energy and they were 40. <laughs> now, now I know. Now I understand. Now I know. 
you were feeling it in the knees, my man. I know, <laughs> but um, I, I just, I, I just feel like relationships are going to be relationships, whether at work or at school. Some of them are going to be harder than yeah. others, but they need investment. Yeah. And That's go a good ask word. somebody if they're okay. That's a good word. If I can take it just a little bit further, um, and it's not just about relationships, but it's about your ethic and your integrity professionally. Be a professional. Right? I'm saying be, be a professional, especially if you're wearing this jersey at, church, at, at school, at work, sorry, right? Like church, school, like wherever you're wearing this, right? But like if you're, if you're wearing this jersey, not the abundant jersey, I'm talking about kingdom of God. Yeah, kingdom of Jersey, right? Like we're ambassadors, right? Colossians 3 says this, let everything you do be done as unto the Lord, Amen. right? Everything you do. And then Paul breaks it down and, and he talks about if you're a servant, honor your masters. If you're a master, serve your servants. Boom, boom, boom. And then he, but then he says this statement. He says, because at the end of the day, being a Christian doesn't make up for bad work. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? And so like, like for us, if, if we're out as Christians, because some Christians aren't out at work. You know what I mean? Like they're like, Undercover. Yep. Right. But Undercover Christian. But if you're but if you're out as a Christian, man, you like like that ethic better be like. You know what I'm saying? Like that attitude better be like. You know, like, yeah. That's all I gotta say about that. That's a good question. Yes. That spoke to me. So <laughs> I'm trying to pray that's a little a more good before question. work. Now. Thank you. How we feeling? We feeling good? Yeah. I'm feeling hungry. I'm feeling hungry. Yeah. I was gonna say. <laughs> We're done, we done, right? Close this pod right now. Do we have any more questions? Okay, we're, we're maxed out. We yes. It. This was really good. Thank you guys for joining us. We should do this again, yeah? Yes. Would you guys run it back with us? I like the dynamic of this crew. Let's make sure we remember who this was, right? That, right, Andrew? The dynamic's awesome. I like the dynamic of this crew, bro. I love it. I love it. Hey, well, listen, you guys, thank you so much for rocking with us. We're so grateful. You know, we don't take it for granted that you spend time on your, in your busy life yeah. to be a part of this community, whether you're in El Paso or wherever it is that you're part of the Prime Culture community. We're just glad that the Lord sent you to us. Um, you know, we do this every single time that we're on, on the podcast. We'll say, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. That really helps us. It really helps the, the content get out further. And the truth is, is this, look, if you want to be a part of this and you want to help this go further faster and just really support it, doing that really, really helps us. If you're on YouTube, turn on the bell, the bell notification, subscribe, like, leave comments, share it, share it, share it. It really just helps us um, get the Get this Word message out. out. We believe that the Lord's given us a message for a whole generation. And Amen. you can be a part of being uh, a missionary with that message. And so thank you guys for being a part of this. Hey, make sure you're following us on our Instagram at This Prime Culture so you stay in tune with everything that's happening at the culture. We love you guys. We're so grateful for you. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Be good people. Yes. Be good people. Yeah. Be good people. <laughs>